Welcome to 24 Cares. I'm Devin Owens-Toller, Leader of Operations and Analytics. And I'm Annalise Alamo, Culture Transformation Leader. We're with Cares by KJE. We are a tech-enabled strategy and leadership development firm specializing in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Today, we're here with Lenore Marquez, CEO of Los Perios Unidos Community Clinic. LBU has four locations in the heart of South Dallas, specializing in working with underserved communities. Thanks for joining us today, Lenore. Yes, welcome, Lenore. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Yes. We're excited to have you. Yes. You. Today, we're talking all things DEI and healthcare, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to jump right on in. So LBU started in West Dallas in 1971 yes. in a portable building to serve disenfranchised populations. Um, not receiving economic and social services due to language barriers and cultural differences. How has LBU expanded the population you serve today? Well, uh, Los Barrios Unidos Community Clinic was, was founded by the residents of the community. Um, it was uh, West Dallas. We were founded in West Dallas. And um, the residents of um, that area were not getting their needs met at the existing um, healthcare infrastructure. So they came together, the, the residents of La Bajada, which is a barrio or a mm -hmm. neighborhood, and the residents of uh, Los Altos, which is also a different distinct barrio or neighborhood, came together, united, and uh, to form what eventually became Los Barrios Unidos Community Clinic. So our history is in our name, yeah. um, Los Barrios, the neighborhoods, Unidos, uniting. Um, to, to form something uh, that was very special for the clinic. So the, the, um, the, the name Los Barrios Unidos instills a lot of pride uh, in, yeah. in the area's residents. Nice. Can you talk a little bit about, I think maybe a year or so ago, you all went through kind of a rebrand, um, the logo, colors and everything. Could you talk a little bit about that? We did. Uh, like I said, it was the, the our name pretty much describes a lot of our history, the barrios coming together. Um, but over the years, we, and as the neighborhoods changed, as we went into new markets, mm -hmm. um, we knew that we probably had to look at a name change. And, you know, we, we approached it several times during our history. And there have been times that it's been, you know, pretty, pretty scary for um, immigrants. And mm -hmm. so a name change just to, to go from something like Los Barrios Unidos Community Clinic to have something that, that sounded very, very different and difficult to pronounce mm -hmm. would have been a challenge and yeah. would have been even more uh, disenfranchising to some of our folks. So we uh, took some time. We talked to, our, to a lot of folks. Uh, we had focus groups. We talked to patients. We talked to people that were uh, potentially patients, had never been to the clinic. We, we talked to community leaders. We, um, and this was all with the help of a, a marketing firm, a market research firm. And uh, the perception was that Los Barrios Unidos Community Clinic was a high quality, a good clinic, but that's where the Latinos go. Mm. That's for Latinos. Mm. That's a good clinic, but it's not for us. It's for Hispanics, right? Mm. And so all of our efforts were, well, no, it's, we want to welcome all. In fact, we changed our mission statement to, to literally have the phrase, we welcome all. Uh, some of our collateral had people of, of um, all ethnic backgrounds. But it really took um, having a name that was more inclusive. Mm -hmm. So with the result of all of the research and the focus groups and the talking with folks, talking with community leaders, talking with founders, uh, we landed on LBU Community Clinic. And that mm -hmm. uh, the new name has suited us well, and the new logo has uh, playing very well. Yeah, it does. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. So what is your definition of health inequity? 
Health inequity. You know, health equity means uh, that everyone's got um, a chance to be healthy. Yeah. Health inequity, it's almost easier to describe that, um, quite frankly. Um, when you think of, of inequity, you think of how different certain populations are. Um, for example, um, if you live in a neighborhood that's, um, you know, got terrible housing, uh, or there's, if, if you're living in poverty, if you're really living not just paycheck to paycheck, but job to job, yeah. you may not get the next job, or it's the kind of job that pays cash, and you know, maybe it's a kind of thing where it's just not regular. Um, all of these are, all of those things could potentially impact your, your, um, your health status. It, here in Dallas, the zip code is almost a better predictor than anything else on mm -hmm. your health status. And uh, there are zip codes where the life expectancy, the average life expectancy is 20 years shorter than other areas. Wow. And that's profound. That's probably the, the, the best illustration of health inequity mm -hmm. that I can think of. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's that's amazing. Like by zip code, yeah, yes. you can really tell yes. that, that that's that's prominent. And the work that you do is obviously very impactful to the communities. So really appreciate that from that perspective. You know, a lot of us have families that maybe have come from you know similar yes. backgrounds and things like that. Yes. And um, the fact that with the rebranding and the name change, I think it's amazing that you know it's it's being inclusive um, in the health space, which is truly needed. As you said, for certain po pockets of the population, so that's awesome. Um, but eighty-eight percent of the patients you serve are Hispanic descent, as yeah. as you said, as the name and all of that. Um, how does LBU help to mitigate health inequities for the Hispanic population in Dallas? Well, we literally speak their language, so that's a big part of it. <laughs> yes. um, we are are um, probably a good two thirds of the patients, even though eighty-eight percent are uh, of Latino background. Probably about two-thirds, not every single one of them speak only Spanish, but mm -hmm. a good two-thirds are more comfortable speaking Spanish than, than English. Um, I would say that, um, you know, when the chips are down, when you're not feeling well, um, you really want to be able to communicate in the language that, um, that you're comfortable with. And it's, it's very comforting for our patients to hear their mother tongue, <laughs> to yes. be able to describe their pain, their condition, in Spanish, and it's in, in, in a way that um, that our healthcare providers can understand. Uh, but I will say, language isn't everything. Mm -hmm. uh, just speaking beautiful, perfect Spanish is not everything. If we don't get our patients, if we don't understand, just like in, mm -hmm. and that's in any language, right? If your if your physician, your healthcare team doesn't get you, um, you are not going to feel comfortable. Uh, that might be a single visit. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same with the working poor. Um, we, we risk alienate them, alienating them if we don't understand uh, where they come from and, and what they're about. An example is, um, you know, we're very family-oriented as Latinos and we're very um, uh, respectful of authority. We're very, um, uh, you know, we want to kind of know a little bit about the doctor. The doctor may not sometimes feel comfortable talking about themselves, but um, sometimes it, it, it helps when we when we enter the room, for example, mm -hmm. when the healthcare team enters the room, whether it's a physician or the nurse, just say some niceties. Buenos dias, como estas? How how's your mom? And how are the kids? Oh my gosh, can I see the picture of the baby again? You know, that kind of thing. Just kind of the niceties. Mm -hmm. um, just that couple of minutes really goes a long way. Yes. And sometimes if we just get right to business, um, yeah. It's we kind of miss the boat, and every once in a while we'll hear from from the patient, or they'll sort of whisper to the medical assistant, 
why is the doctor mad at me? Because <laughs> we just went right to business. Yeah. So we just have to pay attention. It's not just language, it's culture. It's kind of understanding who, who the folks are. Yeah. So how do um, the staff and physicians kind of balance that uh, I guess relationship building aspect that is needed given mm -hmm. the communities that you all do serve but then I guess maybe the the volume and the um, the hustle and bustle of like clinic life. That's a very good question Tevin and that's something that we struggle with all the time and I don't think we're alone. I think a lot of medical practices um, uh, deal with that because you've got so many patients to see. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take long though. I mean if you, if the, if the patient, if your customer knows that you care about them and how do they know they care because you're making good eye contact, you're, you're um, positioning your body um, in a way that, that, is, that is welcoming and not intimidating. Mm -hmm. um, you're asking about their family and that kind of thing. So there are certain things that transcend all cultures and respect um, and um, uh, the, the common decency, some nice things, that those are the kinds of things that we're going to have to do. It doesn't take long. Yeah, yeah. And I know that um, as, as we work together, too, in our partnership, we emphasize care a lot, yes. which is what we do at Caris, yes. um, is we care. <laughs> um, and I know that is the essence of, you know, your beliefs and your culture as well, is caring, mm -hmm. caring for Absolutely. each other in, in the staff, but also caring for your patients. Right. And we see that resonating through the messages that you just said about, you know, really taking the time to ask. Mm -hmm. I know when I've been to a doctor's office or a dentist and they go straight to business, I have that feeling already. And I'm speaking <laughs> the same language, right? Speaking right. English yeah. and all of that. But the one that actually remember oh the family detail that I shared the last visit and they're yes. oh how's you know your kid and the soccer or whatever it is that they're I'm like oh you remember that out of the Makes a big hundreds difference. of people you see every day so yeah. kudos and, and to you and your staff thank you that. and they're saying those things as they're getting things ready it's not like you're not doing anything else while you're doing <laughs> right so it really um, you know when I go to my dentist it's actually very nice I actually really like going to the dentist because yes. she does ask about me she does ask about my family and she'll remember the pictures I sh said the, showed her the last time. And so mm -hmm. all of that, it doesn't take long. It's so important in building a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, thanks. This has been a wonderful conversation just around the history of LBU um, and then also bringing it forward to 2022 and what you all are, are trying to do, um, reaching new communities or, or more communities. So thank you for tuning in and stay tuned for the next part where we'll be continuing our conversation with Lenore. This is 24 Karis, where we help you live a 24-7 commitment to DEI 365 days of the year.